0: It's time to learn to fly or how to navigate, fly at night, in the clouds, your twin rating, instructor rating, your first turbine. How much is it going to cost? How long? Well, any phase of flight can be challenging. New aircraft type, license or rating, it can all just seem like so much to learn at times. But it doesn't have to be complicated or overly difficult if you adequately prepare. In this episode, I'll discuss ways to be as prepared as you possibly can for any phase or level of training to make your life easier and discuss ways to help you manage stress and anxiety. And of course, the big one, save money. So all this and more coming up. So strap in and let's get into it. Send by, start, 9000, 1013, a on a bank, balance. bank pressure rolling to 30 degrees, That's 30 degrees there. G'day everyone, welcome to episode 7 of Flight Training Australia, the podcast about flight training in Australia. I'm your host, Trent Robinson, and thank you for joining me. I hope you all had a fantastic Christmas, got lots of goodies, finally got that old crusty headset replaced, electronic flight plague subscription, or even some new sunnies. For those of you that don't know me, I'm a flight instructor, flight examiner and head of operations up here in Darwin in the Northern Territory. Thanks to everyone so far, it's left me a review on Apple Podcasts. I really, truly appreciate it. It's been great to read your comments. It really does help the podcast show up in searches and let others find it, and also that you're enjoying it. So if you are liking what you hear, please subscribe on your uh, preferred podcast channel, and if you can, leave a review. If you're not sure where you can do that, go to flighttrainingaustralia.com.au, it will show you all the podcast service available. So before we get into today's episode, a quick little update from last episode on applying for a job in aviation. I kid you not, that day I received a resume from a young pilot looking to start their career, which sadly fell on deaf ears. It had their name and the fact that they're a grade three instructor at the top, and that is it. No hours, no ratings, endorsements, nothing. Just other useless, needless information that just unfortunately didn't get read. Honestly, guys, it's not that hard. Please back yourself and all the time and effort you've put into your training and get some help getting your resume put together. Ask your parents. Research online. It's not hard. And if you haven't listened to episode six, get on it. Tell your friends and make sure you use the tips in there. I'm working hard on my website at the moment, and we'll have a template for you all to use and modify soon. But until then, please do some research and make it easy for your future employer to find the info they need so they can give you a job. All right, so let's get into this episode's topic, being prepared and how to save money on your flight training. Now, before anything else, let's just get one thing really clear. Saving money doesn't mean doing it on the cheap. Me personally, I've never wanted to or tried to be the cheapest, just the best at what I do. If I can be the best I can be, then you will get the best value for money, whatever that amounts to. But what if you can get a 172 for $80 less at another school? Well, maybe you can. And maybe the instructors are $40 an hour cheaper. But how flyable is a $80 less an hour aircraft if it keeps breaking down? Or the experience level of those other instructors Make sure you find out who you're flying with, what their experience is, what other students think about them, and what aircraft are available, and don't just go for the cheapest option. On the same token, it doesn't mean that the most expensive is also the best either. Check out the online forums, get a feel for who's doing a good job and who's good value for money, and give them a go. So handing money over in small amounts is obviously a great way to save money. But the main factor in all this is going to be someone else you may know. You. You've all heard the five P's. Prior preparation prevents poor performance. And it's true. I don't understand why students show up, especially when they've already done some training and should know better, expecting me to do all the work for them. It's just not how it works we are instructors. We will guide you and teach you and give you all the information and lead you to where the rest of it is. But at the end of the day, you've got to do some work too. Even if you're just starting out with your initial training, once you've done a few lessons, you should have a pretty good idea of how each lesson is structured and how you can prepare and what to read up on before you turn up to each lesson. So let's have a look at some options. Firstly, Get your hands on any textbooks, flight manuals, training guides or notes you can get your hands on. And don't be a tight ass. If you can't find them, buy them. Yes, aviation costs money. Get used to it. Check Facebook groups or notice boards in your local school. There's constantly textbooks and training materials being sold secondhand or thirdhand once people have finished their exams and don't need them anymore. The good thing about aviation is... They all pretty much fly the same way they always have. So it's only things like air law that really gets out of date. So even if they're an older book, you'll generally find the majority of the information in it is going to be good. So what do you do with these books? Well, initially you might be like some students I know who get all excited and read the whole thing or read everything but the bit that's actually relevant to the training they're about to do. Again, the five P's. Read the relevant sections related to your next flight or two so that you know what's going to be taught. What questions are you going to be asked? What's the information that's most relevant to what you're about to undertake? The thing to understand here is the more you understand and know when you aren't paying any money to an instructor means you're going to save money. Yes, you can pay me by the hour or the minute to give you all this information yourself. But why would you do that when you can do most of it yourself? Then come to me or your instructor and ask them specific questions about the little bits you didn't quite understand. I've always been a firm believer that trying to read a textbook is one thing, but what weight to give information in the textbook, how to really understand certain parts of it, sometimes that just needs to be explained by someone who knows what they're doing. The two go hand in hand. So you can save on briefing charges. When we get to the briefing, if you know most of it, we can skip over bits and pieces. As long as we're sure that you know what you're doing, you're answering questions, we can move on. The brief can be done much, much quicker. Then, because you understand things better on the topic, you're going to spend less time up in the air as well, saving you big dollars, and it all adds up. What about learning a new aircraft class or type? Again, preparation is the key. There's so much you can do before the first day of flying or briefing a ground school. For example, I was one of the first two pilots in Australia to fly the G1000 172 when it first arrived in Australia. There was no instructor to teach me, no manuals, no YouTube channel. Well, there was YouTube, but it was very limited as it was so new. So I downloaded what I could. Read it all, plugged the aircraft into the external power unit when it arrived in Melbourne, and I worked through it myself before the ferry flight back to Perth. Jumping in the aircraft before you fly it is such a fantastic way to learn and get familiar with the systems and the instrumentation, the location of where everything is. You can download off the CASA website the single-engine or multi-engine questionnaire for piston or turbine aircraft, and go through the flight manual, QRHs, checklists, et cetera, and pull most of the data and information that you need, the speeds, start looking at the systems, the fuel systems, avionics, et cetera, and really get a good idea of what's going on so that when you show up for ground school or flying, you really know what the instructor is telling you rather than just sort of taking it on face value and not really being able to put it all together until when you get in the aircraft at a later date. Any flying school would generally be happy for you to come and sit in an aircraft that's on the ground not doing anything, so just give them a call and ask. There's generally cockpit photos and uh, other material available online, So, so I strongly recommend doing that to make sure you're better prepared. YouTube is a fantastic source of material today full of content and information on just about any topic you like, let alone aviation. I still use it today to keep up to date, Top up my knowledge on old and new topics. However, a word of warning, be careful on who you listen to. And the same goes for podcasts, but not this one, of course. But some YouTubers are just that. People out to get likes and subscribers and views. So the content may not be totally reliable and the information not entirely accurate. Make sure you follow it up. We're verifying the info in other media formats, including the regulations or flight manuals. And as I've said in previous episodes, don't just listen to what everyone else says in the crew room. Go and follow it up and verify the info yourself. The more information and understanding of a new aircraft you have, the easier it's going to be. If you turn up to a lesson unprepared or fatigued, myself or your instructor would generally detect it. And if they're good at their job, they will generally advise that we do something else or postpone the lesson. Because I can tell you now, I know it's going to be a disaster. Believe me when I say, I understand that you're passionate and you're totally excited about flying, but your week or your day just hasn't gone to plan. I get it. But believe me when I also say, let's not fly today, especially if it's a check flight. I know all the reasons why things don't end well and I see all the signs. So if your instructor is suggesting you don't fly, listen to them. They're generally doing themselves out of making money and trying to save you from wasting it so their full interest is in you. Don't waste money, especially when down the track, when you're flying a twin or a baron, for example, and the lesson's costing upwards of $2,500. I'd rather you give me that money so I could spend it far more wisely. If you're about to embark on a follow-up course, and it's been a while since you've flown, then get yourself up to speed before starting. Don't use the course to try and get up to speed. It never works. For example, if you haven't flown for some time and you want to start a night rating, how are you going to do it in the dark when you can't even do it efficiently in the daytime? Any new course of training is assuming a base level standard, a base level knowledge and understanding of flying skill. It's not there to try and get your skills back up to speed. I can't add to your existing skill set if that skill set's not even there to begin with. All right, remember, it's all about being prepared and those five P's. Get yourself up to speed, do some reading, get your knowledge up to speed, ready to receive the good stuff. And the course will be so much simpler and you'll save money rather than having to repeat lessons. How about practicing in a flight simulator? Well, it's a great tool if it's used correctly. Even in Abenutia lessons, I remember the very basic Microsoft Flight Sim. Uh, graphics were crap, it didn't have anything like today, but for the skill sets you could use to practice your turns and your climbs, descents, power, attitude, speed, trim, all those little mnemonics and things, it was fantastic. And even better, as we move along to instrument flying and night flying. Now we've got full-blown photorealistic graphics for navigation, for VFR. All right, so absolutely a great tool. But practicing bad habits is negative learning and can actually cause you problems. So make sure you keep it simple and based on what you've actually been taught and understand first. This obviously applies at the instrument rating level even more so. I won't let a student use the sim to practice until we've completed several sim sessions first so they don't practice the wrong thing. This is very evident when we go flying and they start doing something new. It's nothing I taught them and it turns out they were teaching themselves the wrong thing. They just misunderstood. You don't need all the bells and whistles, just a basic computer capable of running a Microsoft Flight Simulator or X-Plane, uh, for example, a flight model matching your training aircraft with a cockpit layout as similar as possible to yours. You'll need, as far as controls, at the very least a joystick or a control yoke. Trying to use the keyboard or a mouse just is highly distracting and you'll end up not using it and walking away. So there is a little bit of expense getting set up, but you can use it throughout your training from basic to advanced and it definitely can be a money saver in the long term. All right, so some of you are thinking, all right, this is a great trend, but how does this stop me freaking out and getting stressed? Well, through adequate preparation. This will go a long way in helping your stress levels. Usually once you arrive at a lesson unprepared, this is going to be your main source of stress. Lack of understanding of what's going on in flight, how the aircraft will behave, what were the speeds I was meant to be, oh, I've got to put the undercarriage down, what was the, the gear limit again? This can all cause stress and anxiety. Trust in your instructor and the process. They are trained to deal with students from all backgrounds and learning styles. Prepare, they'll fill in the gaps and you'll get through just fine. If your instructor isn't helping, then talk to them. Or if that's not working, ask for a more experienced instructor to help you get over the hurdle. You'll know if you've been honest with yourself and prepared yourself adequately. And if you don't, it will do one of two things, cause you stress or waste a lot of money or worse, both. Learning to fly takes personal investment, both in your time and money, and there are ways to limit both. It is a crying shame, as I said, when I have to reteach a student something twice or more simply because they couldn't be bothered doing some study in between lessons. It's a waste of time and money, so just don't do it. Remember, stress is natural. It's the body's way of sharpening focus, increasing stamina and alertness so you can rise to challenges and face tough situations. It is productive stress. But unproductive stress can cause you health issues and other problems. So it's important to be able to relieve or manage that unproductive stress. And this is where preparation is the key. All right, so there's some good tips in there on being prepared, how to get prepared, and simple ways you can save some money in your training. Remember, cheapest isn't always the best. Prior preparation prevents poor performance. It really is that simple. Put the time and the effort in and you will get the rewards don't rely on your instructor to teach you everything. Of course they can, but it's going to cost you. Save money. Do it yourself. You'll feel better. You'll feel mentally prepared. Reduce your stress and anxiety about the lesson and ready to take to the skies and do a fantastic job in the process. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you for joining me again I'd love to hear your feedback. So remember, please, if you are listening, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts uh, so I know what you're thinking about it all. And again, any info that you'd like to know, any feedback, any questions or suggestions for future podcast episodes, please send me an email at info at trentrobinsonaviation, or one word, au. You can also hit me up on Facebook at Trent Robinson Aviation or on Instagram, Trent underscore Robinson underscore aviation as well. Now, one suggestion I have received was to have an aviation themed joke of the week. I had a bit of a think about it. Personally, I felt the idea was like an invisible airplane. I just couldn't see it taking off. <laughs> uh, but seriously, send me an email or message with your joke suggestion for an upcoming episode. I would love to feature it. Until next week have a very happy and safe new year blue skies and remember the golden rule prior preparation prevents poor performance and aviate navigate communicate cheers guys